Welcome to the Moving Forward podcast. This is part two of episode 15. My name is Robbie, and I'm here with my co-host Andy Lemrock. Andy, hello again. Hey, Robbie. Good to be back again, twice in one week. Amazing. <laughs> and <laughs> this is part two, and we have a very interesting topic, very relevant to Australia, where you and I live. Um, you and I live in, in Victoria, which is kind of unfortunate <laughs> now with the second mm. wave of infections hopefully we'll go through yeah. that but speaking of second wave of infections the our topic for today is about the COVID safe app and if i may say its competitors worldwide so the COVID safe app was launched in australia in late april and and the app data is used in contact tracing efforts to uh, reach those who came close enough to people who tested positive for COVID 19 and you know, to help the efforts of governments, Google and Apple launched an API, which will allow health authorities to build their own contact tracing apps simply in comparison to building it from scratch. So several European countries used the API to launch their own COVID-19 apps. And the way that the Google and Apple-based applications work is that they use Bluetooth to create an encrypted log of codes from other devices that come into close range. And the next step is if someone tests positive for the virus and has one of those apps, they can voluntarily make their weeks of random codes available to the exposure notification system. Each individual app regularly checks the exposure codes they have stored against ones the system has identified as belonging to an infected person. And if there is a match, they receive a warning notification on their phone and can then choose to get in touch with the doctor. So that's the way that Ireland and Germany's apps work, which is based on Google and Apple's APIs. They they operate more as a warning system and offer much less information to authorities. In contrast, if someone with the Australian COVID Safe app is diagnosed with the virus, health authorities may ask them to share their app's data with a central database, then those random codes will be used by local health authorities to track potential exposure. So it seems to me that the Google and Apple API-based applications are less labor-intensive and more privacy-sensitive and focused than our local Australian COVID-safe approach. What's your opinion on this, Andy? Should we? Do you think we should switch? Uh, Are there benefits to our centralized system that I might be missing? I actually don't think that's really the the crux of it here. I think the Mm -hmm. thing is, what you say, Australia uh, had the COVID app you know, in less than four weeks from when we initially went into the lockdown. Yeah. Um, so if you think about it, we 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 try to work our way to quickly uh, get on top of this and start that contact uh, tracing process. Yeah. Uh, were, were those APIs um, that Apple and Google available um, to us when we were doing that, I don't know. I, I don't have the facts on that, so maybe worth looking up. Yeah. Um, those sorts of things. But I guess at the end of the day, I think uh, you know contact tracing has been a huge discussion here in Australia. <clears throat> I mean, we've uh, as a as a nation, we've um, we've stood pretty firmly in terms of or resisted, should I say, um, but allowing the government to have access to any of our information. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd have to think that, um, you know, are we more comfortable letting Google and Apple have it? Um, it's probably the yeah. little argument in, in here. Um, are, the, are the apps more efficient using the APIs provided by the uh, device manufacturers? 
um, than what we have. Uh, you know, I, I don't have those stats either. So, so I guess the the, the key point here is. Um, do we have a COVID tra tracking app in Australia? Yes. Uh, is it helping us um, at least stem the, the spread of the virus? I believe so. Mm -hmm. um, could it be better? Of course, it can always be better. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, however, I have to applaud the Australian government. They got an app out into the community uh, really quickly. Yes. Um, they set some targets for us. Um, we all downloaded it, and I still get my little notification at nine o'clock every day to be an active participant yeah yeah and it's it, it is i think the question is how sensitive is a community to privacy um from a personal mm -hmm. point of view i feel like my my information is already being shared with google voluntarily um and google already tracks my location through the fitness app um and they do they don't really do it through bluetooth they they know exactly where i am with gps um and I, I do use a VPN, but it's not really to protect my data from Google, but from my um, internet service provider. So I do feel like, and it might be a generational difference, there is a higher level of trust when it comes to Google. And I think it is mostly because of the efficiency, and Apple as well. It's mostly because of the efficiency and that the products and services that Apple and Google are providing are working. And there's a sense of repayment because you look at Gmail, it's a free service. You look at Google Docs, Google Slides, all of these services that Google provides are pretty much free. So I feel like it's a repayment by selling your data to them. And that's why I think the trust comes in. That's how I feel. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? We, in, in that case, we trust a large conglomerate. Yeah. Not even just a global conglomerate. Okay, that we have nothing to do with except receiving a few free services and we think we owe them. Mm -hmm. Our government is, you know, it's something that we vote for. It's policy that we vote for. Mm -hmm. um, and here they are trying to help us, but we don't want to trust them. It's a really interesting situation to be in. You, know? you think it might be because there's no force that Google can put on you? Like if the government would make something illegal, they can fine you. They can, you know, take you to jail. Um, Google cannot do that. I think that the lack of enforcement is where the trust would come from. Yeah, but it's it's quite interesting though. We talk about that in the last couple of weeks uh, on our podcast. We've talked about, um, you know, copy paste, background lifting of information, privacy being shared with. Um, you know, potentially governments because of uh, associations of ownership, yeah. um, et cetera. You know, the, the TikTok one is is an example, right? So yeah. I think we're treading some pretty interesting water at the moment. Mm. Um, and that's probably a fair fair bit to play out before we, we navigate and understand identity and privacy um, better in, in the um, fourth industrial revolution. But I guess importantly, I think... Um, my understanding and um, and from my reading is that the uh, the Australian government's app um, seems to have quite a rich data source and maybe a little bit richer than than what um, a, a a native app just using the APIs from Apple and Google might have. Is mm. is that true? Interesting. I I, mm, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't think so. Just because I 
but again, my opinion is uh, is kind of um, coming from the fact that I kind of have this trust that Apple and Google are better at implementing technology than the government. Um, even when they, you know, of course they had a third party, but that's where my opinion comes from. But very interesting topic, a, a lot of open questions. Um, we should get the fans to the listeners to uh, comment on this one below because I, I think clearly, yeah. you know, um, this is a great topic that you found here. Uh, it's a really interesting one and it cr cuts across a lot of unknowns. So I, I, we'd love to hear everyone's uh, opinion, ideas and thoughts on this. Absolutely. Comment in the post, yeah. So many open questions. Um, great topic. Uh, Andy, thank you. This is the end of uh, episode 15. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a good day.